morning everybody, it is Wednesday 20th of October and I'm going to structure these podcasts with a little bit of a market update to start with, then a little bit of strategy and then into some ideas. So let's just do the market update first. We are having a good day, up 68 on the back of Wall Street, up 199 tech stocks in the lead. The US market going up despite a four-month high in the 10-year bond yield. It seems the Fed have finally managed to pass the message that interest rates are going to go up, and the equity market doesn't seem to mind. They have a Fed meeting on November 2nd and 3rd, and they're very likely to announce the beginning of tapering in the middle of next month, and the market doesn't seem to be worried about it. A strong US market this month, it's almost recovered the correction it had in September. It fell about 5.8%. It's up about 5.7%. It is less than 1% below its all-time high. So the market cracking along helped, of course, by the results season. We had very good US investment bank results last week and this week. It continues. Netflix has had results after hours overnight and is up on a very strong performance from Squid Games. Johnson & Johnson results up 2.3% yesterday or last night. And a few more big cap results coming this week and next week. So results driving the market higher. Average earnings growth expected to be 32.4%. Can you believe it this quarter? Quite a bit going on on the domestic front for us. Quite a few AGMs, notable movements, flight center down 4.8% on theirs. Domino's, Domino's Pizza up 1.9% with an investor day today. There are a few production numbers as well, Oz Minerals, Evolution Mining, but share prices are up, but not really moving too much. Beach Petroleum down 4.4% on theirs. And two companies who are pandemic beneficiaries flying along today, Kogan and Adairs. They both have quarterly sales numbers. Quarterly sales numbers from Adairs don't look that great. Kogan are saying they're getting over their inventory issues, which caused the share price to drop from, what was it, $25 down to about $8 at the beginning of this year. Now $11.70 up. At one point, it was up almost 10%, or it was up 10% today, up 7% at the moment. As I say, a pandemic beneficiary doesn't really make for a great reopening trade stock have to say so not sure i'd be chasing kogan but it does fit into i'm putting a little group of stocks together called barking dogs which are stocks that have performed terribly that are beginning to perform a lot better on the list are amp agl kogan could probably go on there but also the milk powder stocks Sinlay Milk kicked it all off a month or so ago with a trading update. They supply A2 Milk. A2 Milk started to move. A couple of brokers upgraded. Bubs came out with a trading update as well. And those stocks are really capturing the imagination. Helped today by an AFR article highlighting stocks that could well be bid for. We've written it up in the Marcus Today section today. But here is a list of M&A targets, in other words, companies that could get bid for, according to, I'm not sure who the AFR are using as the source, I'm afraid, but it's out of the AFR. Stocks that could be bid for, Challenger, Clearview, Helios, HLS, Sonic Healthcare, SHL, companies that have previously seen private equity bids, GEM, G8 Education, and Tassel, TGR. Other stocks in the sentiment hole include Crown, CWN, and they say it's Credit Suisse. They say there's room for further consolidation in the energy space, notably Woodside buying BHP's oil assets. 
Talk of a tie-up between Seven West and News Corp. And the one which is of more interest is one of the barking dogs, A2 Milk. Nestle is supposed to be showing some interest. Sentiment improving in the infant formula space. Milk futures are at 2014 highs. Hopes that the FDA will approve a Chinese vaccine. Sorry, not the FDA. That Australia may approve a Chinese vaccine as proof of immunisation, which will allow Chinese students and others to return to the Daegu activities, which obviously would help A2 Milk. Macquarie, we've highlighted today, has an underperformed recommendation on A2 Milk. But share prices appear to be bottoming. The AGM is on October 27th, so a week away, A2 Milk. So that'll give us an update and probably hold the future of the share price in the short term. So A2 Milk getting some attention today. They are up 5.9%, as I say, on the barking dogs list along with SM1 and Bub. That ProShare Bitcoin strategy ETF listed last night up 2.59%. It's an ETF that represents Bitcoin futures rather than Bitcoin itself. A lot of chatter about that on the US newswires. Some significant cynicism, it has to be said. Other quick things, RBA had minutes yesterday. All you need to know from that is that they expect the economy to return to its pre-Delta trajectory in the second half of next year, and they don't expect interest rates to rise until 2024. They talked about the hot property market, and they said there is no need to be changing monetary policy, but they will be able to manage it through tougher lending standards and loan serviceability requirements, which means they will fiddle with that serviceability buffer, which they recently upped. The Evergrande situation continues to bubble in the background. They were trying to make an asset sale worth about $2.6 billion. That apparently has been blocked by local government. Expecting some announcement, it might be blocked or it might just be delayed. There are some pictures, I've put a couple in the Marcus Today section. There are some pictures of projects that Evergrande has un, uh, has left unfinished and walked away from. Ugly stuff. The Evergrande situation sentiment seems to be improving. There's a chart of Chinese junk bond, which uh, most of which is property related junk bond index which has bounced recently as the People's Bank of China said they'll be able to control the spillover effects on the banking system from Evergrande's debt problems. They said that earlier this week as you probably know. Tesla results tonight. Loads of BHP research around. It's not too exciting it's got to be said. There are a number of brokers three in fact who haven't got any rating on BHP because they're involved presumably in the Woodside deal. But despite the massive share price fall, UBS have got a target price below the current share price. Credit Suisse in line with the current share price. Both have got neutral recommendations. But Macquarie retain an outperform recommendation and a $54 target price which is 38% above the current share price. And Morgans have just upgraded to an ad from hold with a target price 18% above the the current share price. They had production numbers yesterday which weren't terribly exciting, but not bad. It's all about the iron ore price, obviously. And as I wrote uh, last week, the iron ore price is probably related to how the Evergrande situation goes. If that blows up, it's not going to be good for the construction sector in China. And it's not going to be good for Chinese growth, and that won't be good for commodity prices generally. You've probably seen Chris has written up Aristocrat Leisure this week as a solid buy after a bit of a fall in the growth SMA. 
They did their capital raising for the Playtech acquisition announced yesterday. Apparently, the shortfall was covered 10 times over. So institutions keen on the deal, a $3.9 billion deal. ALL looking like a good long-term growth stock. Research this morning sees a host of buy recommendations after the deal. In fact, here are the recommendations. Buy, outperform, add, upgrade to outperform from Macquarie, accumulate, equal weight, and buy. Target prices. 20% above the current share price, 10% above, 15% above, 15% above, 11% above, 10% below. Oh, that hasn't been updated since July. It's probably not worth mentioning. So brokers universally keen on aristocrat leisure after the Playtech move. Macquarie upgrading target price 15% above the current share price. Keep running those aristocrat leisure is that message. And before I get to my main idea today, you might be interested in some comments from Kathy Wood. She is that ARK Invest high-profile fund manager. She was talking at a conference in the US. Her ETFs have attracted billions in the last few years. And she has said, we had got into China because we saw their reaction to COVID. It was the most disciplined country in terms of monetary and fiscal policy during the crisis. And I thought China had the possibility of becoming the Germany and Switzerland of the world. But as soon as Jack Ma was banished, effectively last November, we started pulling back. And she went on to blame concerns about the treatment of corporate leaders, overly zealous regulation, profit disincentives, weakening demographics and risks posed by the real estate sector. So bailing out of China as an investor and make some good points, make some good points. Right. My big idea of the day is not so much a big idea, but it's a piece of education for you. I will leave you to read it because it will take me ages to run through it all. But you might be aware that there is an index rebalance announcement every three months. So the ASX 250, the ASX 100, the ASX 200, 300, and the All Ordinaries are rebalanced every so often. The ASX 300 is only rebalanced twice a year. The All Ordinaries is rebalanced once in March. So the ASX 300 in March and September. The rest are rebalanced every March, June, September, and December. And there is a bit of a game. If you're going to be an investor, you should know this game because it will carry on for years There is a bit of a game of guessing which stock is going to go in and out of particularly the ASX 200 index because it's the most used as a benchmark. There's a game of guessing which stocks go in and out of the ASX 200 and 150, sorry, and 100 ASX 50 and ASX 20 because stocks that go in tend to rally into the inclusion in an index and stocks that get chucked out tend to fall. So the game is ahead of the rebalance announcement. There was a piece of brokers research some years ago which said that had done all the numbers on index rebalancing, statistical numbers, not guesswork. Statistics suggested, if I remember it rightly, that between the rebalance announcement and the actual index changes, which is usually a period of one week, sometimes two weeks in September, it's two weeks, from the announcement or running into the announcement until the actual inclusion date, the average rally in a stock that's included in the ASX 200 was about 6%. And then in the week after inclusion, it tends to cool off and drop about 2%. So there's a reliable trade 
to be had, and 6% is just an average, so most of them will move, especially when they're smaller, will move more than that as they go into particularly the ASX 200 index. So have a look at the Marcus Today section. I've put up a bit of an education about when the rebalance announcements are out. The next one, I think, is going to be December 10, and why stocks move, because if fund managers have the ASX 200 as a benchmark, some of them will drop the stocks that get excluded because they're mandated to. They simply won't hold anything not in their benchmark. And they will, active fund managers, will have to look at the stocks coming into their index in case they should hold them. And by definition, if they're going into the index, they've been going up in price. So their market cap now justifies them being in, say, the ASX 200. And they will have a look at those stocks, which are obviously trending up and many will buy them. So it's an important moment in a smaller company's life as it gets bigger that it gets into the ASX 200 and 100 indices where they find a whole new audience of fund managers who have to look at them because of their benchmark, passive fund managers who don't research them, they just have to buy them. And there are quite significant ETFs now worth billions of dollars that go in and buy stocks that are included in the index and sell stocks that are excluded. So that has an impact. And there'll be other fund managers who are quite indexed that will do it automatically as well, as well as active fund managers. And on top of that, you'll get brokers will also drop stocks that are not in the or not on the radar anymore of their biggest clients from their research coverage and will add stocks to their research coverage that are coming up. So brokers start to look at them when brokers write about them, more institutions see them, more retail investors see them, and so it goes on. So the game is trying to guess which stocks are going into particularly the ASX 200 on December the 10th, is the next rebalance, and which stocks are likely to come out. So I run a spreadsheet which lists companies simply by their free float adjusted market cap. Don't worry about what that means. It's a spreadsheet of the biggest companies in the market. And you can look at the top 200 companies and they should essentially be in the ASX 200. And then the spreadsheet picks up which stocks are in the top 200 by market cap, but aren't in the ASX 200 index. And they are obviously the most likely to be included. In the same way, there are a bunch of stocks in the ASX 200 that are now outside the top 200 companies. And some of those are likely to be excluded. So I've put in lists today of those not in the ASX 200, but are now firmly in the AS, in the top 200 stocks by market cap. And they include, the most, the most obvious one at the moment is, is the $12 million man stock, Liontown, a lithium stock. It's the most likely stock to be included. It's only just got into the ASX 300, but it's the most likely stock to be included in the 200 in December, followed by... Novanix NVX, which is a graphite and battery technologies company, and then a couple of coal companies, New Hope and Coronado Coal, and then Uranium Paladins, only just gone into the 300, looks like it'll go into the 200 as well. And there are a few other stocks there as well, Data, Imogene, Event Hospitality, Levisa, Sandfire, which is copper, and Pushpay. So you can already at this point identify stocks that are likely to come onto the radar of institutions and brokers in the next couple of months ahead of index inclusion. At the same time, stocks that look like they're going to drop out while well, there's a list there, Mesa Blast, Nearmap, Monodelphus, GUD, St. Barbara Mines, Redbubble, Email Payments, Kogan, 
and a couple of others. So have a read of the Marcus Today section. It's a bit of an education on something that happens every three months. And I know there is a fund manager out of the UK used to do nothing but this, which was play the rebalance trade every so often by pre-guessing which stocks are going in and out. And I can do that for you and have done that for you, although we're a little bit far out from December the 10th at the moment, which is the next rebalance announcement. And although the coal stocks have done very well as a group, they seem to be coming off the top at the moment. They might not make it into the top 200 if they continue to top out, for instance. So a bit of interest for you. Right, that's about it. As I said yesterday, looking forward to starting the new or re-engineered Marcus Today portfolios. We'll keep the setup of our growth and income portfolios, but I will shuffle some of the stocks around. But those new portfolios coming up on November the 1st, they will be more active and aggressive. Maybe not in the income portfolio, but certainly the growth portfolio will come down the market cap curve without the constraints of an investment committee and $100 million to manage. We can do stuff we can't do in a real fund. And the idea is to communicate ideas to you as a newsletter member through those portfolios. And as I say, I'm also hopefully going to start an ideas portfolio, which will be a little bit like Henry's six packs. So for instance, at the moment, I could start the Barking Dogs six pack. Anyway, lots more fun to come. And I will talk to those those portfolios as Henry does to the small cap portfolio in his section. I will talk to those portfolios in my section. Right, that's about that. Strategy, obviously, is investors relax, markets going up. We seem to have survived the technical wobble. It was little more than a move from top to bottom of the trading range, and if anything, has provided a buying opportunity. Market seems quite unconcerned about the prospect of tapering now, which is good and isn't even wobbling despite the rise in the 10-year bond yield at the moment. U.S. results season's driving things nicely. Property market probably likely to top out soonish, but certainly nothing that would worry anybody. One of our friends bought a house on the peninsula a year ago. It is up 60% since. Can you believe it? Hot to trot. There do seem to be a lot more properties coming on the market at the moment. I think as people come out of lockdown, we are going to see a flood of activity in the housing market that was perhaps delayed. So prices likely to plateau a little bit. Right, as I leave you, ASX 200 up 69, just sitting there now. BHP up 1.4%, Rio 0.5%. Some of the banks up over 1% today. CBA and Westpac up 1.2%. We have results coming up, obviously, in a week's time. I think ANZ's the first, is it, on the 28th? with dividends to follow. So the sector is well supported ahead of that. Dow futures up 14. You have a fabulous day. I will speak to you tomorrow. <laughs>